Hello, and thank you for listening to the Free Hypnosis Podcast with Michael White. I'm Michael White, certified and professional hypnotist with many decades of experience helping people get the changes that they want, stopping the troubling behavior patterns that have been plaguing them, or taking actions in ways they never thought possible. Go to michaelwhitehypnosis.com to find out how to contact me, or just email me at michael at michaelwhitehypnosis.com. I've got some cool specials there if you're interested, or you can just listen to this free podcast to get all the information you need to become one of the best hypnotic subjects in the galaxy. That's my hope, and this is a great opportunity right now because where are you going to go? You don't have any excuses. You can just listen to the sound of my voice. I've been thinking about ways that I can share my hypnotic work with you, and I thought, well, just talk to people. Give my experiences, my perspective, and hope and trust that you will take in exactly what you need to get exactly what you want. My guess is that your life has been disrupted in ways you don't like. Perhaps have lost a job, for which I'm very sorry. Or perhaps you're working at home, for which I'm also very sorry. We like to be outside, we like to be social, we like to be around people. Well, not everyone. Some people enjoy being inside more often, so this is maybe something a little more comfortable for them. There also might be a lot of anxiety with what's going on in the world right now. So I hope my hypnosis can help you not only develop your skills as a hypnotic subject or develop your skills as a future impossible hypnotist right now, but also find ways to communicate more effectively with your loved ones. Did you ever notice that you're much kinder, much more patient with strangers in public than you are with your loved ones? And yet now you're quarantined with them, aren't you? I'm going to give you some tips to allow you to feel more calm if you're bouncing off the walls or crawling up all over the ceiling. In fact, uncross your angles. This is very important because it allows your body just to be relaxed, completely open to what I'm going to say to you right now. I want you to see yourself crawling up the walls in your mind, scrabbling up the walls like a cockroach, up on the ceiling, all over the place. Dropping deeper into relaxation, deeper into calm, right now, whatever that means to you. If you've been in trance before, you have a memory of what this is like, or you might have an idea of what this is because you've experienced it in some way. Hypnotists will often say, you go into trance twice a day at least, right before you fall asleep, right before you wake up. It's a very natural process, and you can allow this natural process right now to let you breathe in deeply and exhale. And with your exhalation, all of your tension can go out of your body. You can just listen to the tones of my voice. Notice how I'm saying words. Allow the words to become not words quite so much in your mind as I'm speaking to you. It's like saying your name over and over again. If you say it enough times, did you ever do that when you were a kid? Say it so many times that it doesn't sound familiar anymore? That's what I want with this experience with my words. Your unconscious will know exactly what I'm saying in terms of what you need, but just notice my words now don't make a lot of sense 
don't sound like they used to sound anymore. Your certainty of what words mean is drifting away. And we want to allow this uncertainty in your life in a positive way. There's a lot of uncertainty out in the world, but it's really not uncertainty. It's the certainty that uncertainty is bad or dangerous. We want the certainty of uncertainty being bad or dangerous to dissolve right now. Because when we use uncertainty to free our minds, we feel much better. A wonderful way you can do that is by asking yourself, am I really not good enough as a being? And allowing that feeling of uncertainty to wash over your body when you say that phrase, I am not good enough, or I am not important. I knew a woman once who in a class said unequivocally, I, I know I am not important, with such certainty as if she was saying gravity exists. And because she had such certainty in her voice, it affected every area of her life. All of her survival strategies, her fake smiles, her overdoing and perfectionism, all of those things came from that belief and then the certainty attached to the belief like anchors of concrete to the earth. I know this to be true about me. I am not important. Well, fortunately, we can have a lot of uncertainty and we want to access your very, very certain uncertainty right now in terms of what's going to happen in the future to yourself. One of the most powerful survival strategies we have is a sense of self on this planet. And unfortunately, that sense of self often has with it a lot of senses of negative beliefs. Well, I know this about me. I'm not good enough to do that. I'm not worthy enough. I'm not beautiful enough. I'm not this. I'm not that. With such certainty. And yet if you understand, we could never draw the word certainty on a whiteboard or a nice big white piece of paper. We can write the word. But what does certainty look like? Does it have a shape? Does it have color? Is it round? Is it square? Does it have squiggly lines? Can you lift it and carry it across the room? Certainty. 50 pounds of certainty. And this sounds silly, and yet we use certainty in our lives to destroy our lives and to destroy our bodies and to destroy our minds and to destroy our relationships, don't we? Think about the people you've known who've been certain that the person who they were in a relationship with was cheating on them, but wasn't. And you knew they weren't, but this person was fixated with certainty that it was happening. That's called delusional thinking and delusional living. It's certainty, this abstract concept that really, I think, evolved within us as beings for an important reason. It's important to have certainty in certain situations, of course, in order to literally survive. I'm certain that fire is going to hurt if I stick my hand in it. Misapplied to other areas of thinking in the mind. I know that if I go up and talk to that person whom I find physically attractive, they are going to reject me with certainty. 
we can get into the concept of drawing rejection. You can't draw that word on a piece of paper or a chalkboard or on your phone screen. Yet we take actions that we call rejecting actions and describe them as rejection. So where does rejection come from? The person who does the action or the labeler walking around and labeling all of reality, which is all of us. If we were to have the inability to label experiences as rejecting or the whole event was rejection, pure and simple, wouldn't we feel a lot better? I'm asking your unconscious mind now to imagine for you that there was an event in your past where you decided that you're not going to label any moment, or even more powerfully, you lost that ability to label any experience with any meaning. You can still observe the event. You can still feel the feelings. You can still hear what's being said or all of the noises all around you. You can experience reality for what it is, but you just have an inability to use a label gun, crank out a little sticker, and put it right on the event. Wouldn't you feel differently? The answer, obviously, is yes. So, is it the event that has made you feel bad? Or is it the labeling of the event that the feeling comes from? This is what all therapy, all hypnosis is all about. This understanding that your feelings don't come from without, from the stimulus outside of you. It comes from your interpretation of what those moments meant. The events outside of you from your early childhood were not the indicators of your not good enoughness or your less than worthiness. There were thousands of different moments that you and your amazing mind and brain collectively gathered together and determined you were bad or not lovable or powerless and it all made sense at the time. A child would make up. When we're children, we make up the best explanation we can for what's going on around us in order to survive. When that person's doing that, that, and that, that means I did something wrong or I am wrong. Who made that up? We did. Why is this all important for what's going on right now in the world? Is that you're in your space right now where you live, surrounded by people you know. You can feel your body. You can feel the chair or the bed. You can feel your breath. You can feel your eyes. You can feel your neck. And you can feel the base of your skull lifting up from your neck and your shoulders lowering and allowing all the tension to release. Those are observable moments that I'm just suggesting that you do. The next time we talk, we're gonna do some really fun hypnotic work. And I wanna start doing it now. I'm going to count from 10 down to zero. And in between each number, the space between each number, I want you to double your relaxation. Not so that it comes up between each number, but that you double it, and then you 
go underneath and attach another doubling of relaxation and then go underneath that and attach another doubling of relaxation like you take a straw and then you stick another straw down at the bottom of the straw and then you reach down and stick another straw underneath that straw connecting the straws all the way down but important questions to ask are how many spaces are between the numbers for you how wide are the distances between the numbers when I would work with clients I would say to them between each number I want you to double your relaxation but then I start thinking well if they were to see the numbers in their mind how much distance is between each number? I like to speak in inches. Some people speak in feet or meters, centimeters, millimeters. How close are your numbers to one another when you see them in your mind? What direction do the numbers go when I say 10, 9? Now for me, right now, the numbers move 10, and then to the left of 10 is 9. And then to the left of 9 is 8. And that might have something to do with how I was taught numbers when I was a child. Because I would write 1. And then to the right of 1, I would write 2. And to the right of 2, I would write 3. So it makes sense that if I'm counting down from 10 down to 0... There's a point in my mind where zero automatically comes up. Interestingly, though, I have an automatic space between 10 and 9, and yet as I'm now talking about it, I'm noticing that the distance grows wider between the numbers. And as I'm saying this to you, I want you, of course, and you might not get this yet, to utilize everything I'm saying to deepen your trance just notice that the space in your mind between 10 and 9 widens and this is wonderful because one of my well the greatest teacher I've ever had explained to me if I could make a clear distinction between what was going on in my life the moments that are measurable that could be observed by others and how the moment was occurring to me that that distinction would be enough for how it was occurring to me to dissolve permanently and the feelings from where it came from, which was the occurring, would dissolve as well. I habitually have thought that my feelings came from events that other people could observe. I would actually say to people, if you could be in the room and see how she spoke to me, you would see that it was wrong. And yet wrong is an occurring, not an observable event. I could bring a friend into the room and watch this other person yelling at me and that person could say, yes, that person has a raised voice and their face is set a certain way normally called a frown and they're yelling and they're ah, da, 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 in the tone but my friend would not be able to see wrong because I can't observe wrong it has no shape it has no color it has no distinction no dimensionality in reality 
Well, one of the beliefs I really had to tackle was if I don't label something wrong, I'm implying that it's okay. That's not true. I'm just not labeling the moment. I'm not giving permission for a person to yell at me. It wouldn't matter if I gave permission or not. Some people just feel entitled to do that. They feel entitled to yell. And as we are stuck in situations with others, those who feel entitled to yell and rage and scream are, are necessarily going to are going to need to come up with other strategies when they want to express themselves or they feel that they have been slighted or they're being ignored or their needs are not being met. They can put themselves on number 10, a collection of cells and carbon, organs, values, beliefs, and so on, a person, and on number nine, they can put all of their perceptions of needs not being met or promises not being fulfilled and make a clear distinction between nine and ten so that when they put the two apart and they observe that there is a distance, this feeling of anger, this feeling of frustration will dissolve because it's not from the inaction or the actions of the others that their feelings are derived. A person's quality of life is determined by their ability to do this. If you're able to do this, you will respond differently, you will feel differently, and you will have what's called a better life. If you continue to think that everyone else is the source of your anger and frustration, and trust me, <laughs> having been someone who's lived this way, I totally sympathize. But we must have a discipline and a practice of making a clear distinction between what is actually happening and how life is occurring to us in the moment. They're not the same thing. I mean, you know this because you've gotten into hours-long arguments and conversations and processing events, trying to, to, to the trying to share with the other person why you meant what you did and that you thought they meant this and this and this when all you have to do is understand and you can say this that oh it occurred to me that you were saying this and I understand that's not what you were saying you were just talking I put an occurring on what you were saying and I apologize I've made a clear distinction <sighs> I feel calm now inside I feel peaceful inside dropped away completely dissolved listening now to the sound of my voice and when your child comes in and says mom mom dad dad this this smash what did I drop and they do exactly the opposite again for the 40,000th time you can have who you are the moment you're in your space you can't go outside you are in a location and you can have how it's occurring to you be completely distinct and separate from what is going on, you will feel more calm. You'll be able to look at what's going on with new perspective. 10, 9, 8, 7, Four, three, 
two, one. If you're a parent, hear what I'm saying to you now. If you despise playing games with your children, you'll notice that that feeling of, oh, God, again, is, will be gone, will be dissolved. You'll feel comfortable. You'll enjoy yourself. You probably haven't been allowing yourself to just have fun in your life. This is an opportunity to make life simple and just smile. This is a time for you to tackle your childhood experiences and everything you thought you were taught about how you needed to be in the world. If you're a very serious person, you can start to laugh and let go in the smallest ways. You're going to find playing games with either your loved ones or your children or whomever you have in your life. Doing it online is going to be delightful and simple. Much like grown-ups taking improv class for the first time. They want to be on stage and they just want to have fun. They don't want to have to worry about being serious, being professional. We don't do that. Must be conquering all the time. No, you're just going to enjoy life. Keep it simple. Have precious moments. Honestly. You're going to let go of the games that you play that are negative and manipulative, and you have them, and you know that. When you're scheming, you're going to drop that all away. You're just going to enjoy and listen and sit. If there's pain in your life, things you're unwilling to look at, you can breathe through it and you have support. If it's real strong, contact that person you've contacted before or find somebody new. This is a time to go inward and to start to deal with, in a way, resolve, permanently eliminate all of those negative concepts forever. Make those impossible aspects of who you are. Because think of it this way. There's two possible versions of you. One for whom a belief like, I'm not good enough, I'm not important, things don't work out for me, I can't handle tough situations, are an aspect of who you are. And a second version for whom these concepts are impossibilities, believe it or not. Most people don't know that, but you're understanding that now because of what I've been saying to you. Because beliefs are just constructions in your mind. They're delusions about who you are. Fantasies. And you can dissolve them just like you don't believe that there is a Santa Claus if you're in the United States or Father Christmas everywhere else. Think about that time when you believed in that so much that it was true. And then a couple of kids or your parents or your parent or your caregiver told you, eh, that's it just was me. Or it was, it was Jerry from accounting put on weight so he gave him the suit and then pop it was gone forever you're not going to go back to that you can't go back to believing that I want you to have that same experience with the negative aspects of who you are yeah but I've made so many mistakes I've done so many wrong things is it possible that the reason you made so many mistakes is first of all you're human and secondly the things you've done that hurt other people were a result of these beliefs if you're to get rid of these beliefs you probably believe would act differently wouldn't you you probably believe you probably would act differently, wouldn't you? Right. So don't be in a spiral of, well, I'm stuck now because I did this, this, and this. No. What you want to do is tackle, annihilate, and destroy these concepts of who you are. And if you want help with it, just contact me. We will get rid of them. I've done it many times before. But for now, it's enough for you just to rest and relax I'd like to add in more, though. I want to really start challenging you 
to really start digging into the areas of your life that you've been avoiding, the behaviors that have been bothering you. Maybe you're stress eating. It could be a time to exercise. Maybe you're drinking too much. It could be a time to exercise. Maybe you're watching too much television, too many movies on your phone or whatever. Maybe it's time to move around. When you move around, you feel good. Start writing out what you want to do. Making goals, if that gives you anxiety, get a hold of me. It's just writing down words. The reason people feel anxiety about writing down goals is because goals mean success if they're completed. And you might not feel worthy or deserving. Can you get how that that would be an obstacle towards completing what you truly want to do in your life? We can get rid of all of that. Simple. I have ways of doing it, and I can help. Or do it on your own. Explore. The Internet's out there. Find it. It's out there. Trust me. That's how I did it. <sighs> okay. I'll say a few more words, and then you can either fall asleep or you can come wide awake and enjoy the rest of your day. From now on, for the rest of today, and for the rest of this time, however long it's going to be, you're going to notice more and more that you're feeling more inspired, more creative, more up for the challenge. You're going to discover that your one job in this life is to become the best version of who you are. And I have to tell you, I heard on the radio this woman talking about relationships, and she said, your job is to find the best person for you. And I loved it. I thought, oh, my God, that's great. I wish someone had told me that years ago. <laughs> I found it now, and I'm very blessed. But I'm telling you that your job is to find the best person for you, even during this time if you're alone. Become the best person for that other person as well. And I don't mean perfect, of course. Think about it. no one out there is telling you to be perfect. In fact, there's so much information out there saying don't be perfect. We really have to go in and unlearn those unconscious concepts of being perfect. A lot of it's because we're afraid. If we aren't perfect, we're going to get hurt. Because when we were younger, we made a mistake or we failed. We often got hit or yelled at or punished. Those are scary moments. That still can be in there. But now with my suggestions to you, more and more each day, you're going to notice that the fear that has been keeping you from taking action is dissolved away permanently. It's gone because you understand that that child is dead and gone forever. The child version of you, just like you can't go back and believe in Santa or Father Christmas or whomever you had around that time, you can't become that small version of you, the little toddler, the little six-month-old. That version of you is gone, dead forever. You've grown out of that version, so now we want the mind to grow out of the child version of you. The child mind is dead and gone forever. It can be. And that doesn't mean we lose our childlike qualities or our inner children or whatever you want to have inside of you, but you are an adult now doing everything and meeting everything that the parent was supposed to meet in the past you do now for yourself. Adults cannot be abandoned, so you can no longer abandon yourself as an adult, and you won't anymore. And as you're moving forward into the future, you're finding it easier and easier to be relaxed in moments before that completely threw you off your game, and to be calm around the people that before used to drive you up the frickin' wall, and you're smiling, and you're smart, 
and you're playing at the top of your game, moment by moment, day by day, each and every way. Okay, I'm going to count to five. And when I do, you can either just continue to be resting. You might be drowsy and fall asleep for a while and take a nap. Or you can come wide awake, energized, and ready to go on with the rest of your day. One, two, three, four, five. Thank you so much for listening again. My name is Michael White. Go to michaelwhitehypnosis.com to find out how to contact me or email me at michael at michaelwhitehypnosis.com. I also have a phone number at the website. If you want a personalized hypnosis recording dealing with something very specific in your life, it's only $39 now. I can do that for you. I got a little bit of time. Or if you want a Skype session with me, I've reduced my price by $100. It's a rare opportunity. It's only $99 for an hour-ish, probably a little bit more, hour, hour 15. And uh, maybe even longer if things are going really well and we're having fun. So again, michaelwhitehypnosis.com, thank you so much for listening. I'm going to put out a new podcast pretty darn quick.